Hello and welcome to the Mixera Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We are a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev, Terrell, and Malcolm. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at MixEraRapPod. Again, that's MixEraRapPod. You can follow us on Twitter at MixEraRap. We are very active on those platforms, so I think you'll have a good time checking us out. For tonight's episode, we're going to be doing our homework from Malcolm, which was G Herbo's PTSD Deluxe. We're also going to be giving our impressions on the salt and pepper biopic from Lifetime. And we're going to finish off tonight with Artist Spotlight with Bun B and Ellie Money EP Distance. So let's get into it. Where would I be without rap? Nobody really knows. Me and Greg was sharing clothes, but we weren't really bros. We was trying to impress them hoes, kept us on our toes. I had 25 in high school, like I'm Derrick Rose. I had a Glock when I met Pistol Peter, that's on my soul. Had always cock banged to the left, cause I grew up with- All right, so that was G Herbo's PTSD Deluxe, one of the songs that we thought was very notable, Friends and Foes. So let's jump into it with Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on the cut Friends and Foes from PTSD Deluxe? I really like it. Like, it's about to tell a story about the hood, tell about the cold, what they go through and stuff. So it's like a nice, good, mellow. I like the, I love the beat. The beat is good. And they highly was flowing, flowing with the verses, verses and the lyrics. It's amazing. So hands down for that. that one. I really appreciate that, Terrell. Let's check in with our anchorman, Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on G Herbo's Friends and Foes? It was, uh, very solid song. I was I was more than surprised that I actually I really liked it. So I was salute Malcolm. Great choice. I know you've been kind of hammering in on us to uh, to listen to this, but yeah, it was it was good overall, which was totally unexpected for me. I, I didn't I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. All right, cool, cool. So for me, you know, G Herbo for me is a is a um, acquired taste. And I had to listen to this probably three or four or five times over the week in spurts. I couldn't I couldn't digest it all in one sitting. And at the deadline of today, I got in and I said, you know what, I can work with this, you know, and uh, it's a decent cut. Is it my favorite cut from this particular project? No, but uh, he's showing some skill level there. So you got to appreciate that for what it is. All right. So we're going to also now move into our next notable cut from the album, and that is Real Ones. Uh, I've been gang banging since a kid, that's how we live. So I seen blood shit before red snow, and that's just how they go. Nobody out here wanna use their hands, so that's why I had a flower to go. Say he never ever gonna mount the shit, but a nigga a rider though. Had a couple niggas on our hit list, so we ride with foe. And I ain't give a fuck if it's Christmas, I was outside for show. We don't want pop out, roll up. Moving quick, gotta get a seat, like, hold up. Getting a kid, use the poor 604. All right, that was Real Ones by G Herbo and his project PTSD Deluxe. Let's start with Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on Real One? I kind of like the, uh, the message he was trying to put out, but the beat and the lyrics, I really wasn't, really wasn't hip to. It just really didn't catch me like that. And I, and I think part of it is because this is a, I, I, I listened to the deluxe version. And like you said, um, it was so much that it, it, it could be hard to grasp at times. So if you can't really listen to it in one day, sometimes it could be a lot. So I'm assuming that's what it was for me. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of stuff kind of went over my head or I really didn't pay attention to it because it was just so much. And this was one of those songs that wasn't it for me. All right. Yeah, I feel you on that, Kev. Uh, I'll jump in now and just say that um, I got the message. I thought it was worthwhile. I get the fact that, you know, he's a young cat, you know, trying to talk to young cats in the streets of Chicago. And and I'm giving him credit for that. I thought the production on it was a little I don't have the words for it, but it just wasn't. I thought that they could have just polished it up a little more. I thought it was a little rough, but maybe that was what they were going for. Again, one of the one of the songs on here that I thought was a pretty good uh, song, a part of this project, PTSD Deluxe. Let's move forward with Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on G Herbo's Real One? 
I'm going to agree with y'all too. Like, I get the message that he was trying to say into the song. And like you said, he trying to tell, spread the word to his fellow people in Chicago. But with me now, which I'm learning while we're doing the show, I like to listen to the beat. I want to see how the beat flows. And then once I hear the beat, I want to see how they flow. So with the beat on this song, it's kind of like he was rushing it, but he was telling a message. And like, I feel like this wasn't the right beat for this song. But like I said, I understand what he was trying to say. It's just maybe the beat was not for this verse. Could have been something else, but I still like this song. All right, cool, cool. Appreciate that, Terrell. You know, it is what it is on this. And um I definitely think the young man is talented. So we're going to move on to the next track from the PTSD Deluxe uh, project that we thought was notable, and that is In a Minute. Attic would come home. Me and mom couldn't speak about it. Roaches rest everywhere. What you know about it? Shit got normal to a nigga. Had to go around it. Want to get some money? Tell me how I go about it. Everything you ever love, you got to go without it. Nigga struggling, I know about it. My cut only cover rent with a check and get no allowance. Pico show me how to hustle, ain't no where the pound is. You get all that for that, I was so astounded. My mama told me not to talk to strangers, but mine ain't no time she watched me leave the house up, baby, life in danger. Most of the niggas you grew up with. All right, that was In a Minute by G Herbo from his PTS Deluxe project. Let's uh, jump into it with Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on In a Minute? So, like I said, I'm into studying the beats now. Once I heard this beat, I thought of a late classic R&B song to this beat. And once I heard that he put a little drill to it, I said, whoa, wait a minute. And the crazy thing is that's the name of the song. Well, someone's song. So I was like, it's hard. I know nowadays it's hard. I'm seeing a lot of more hip-hop people. They are putting old-school R&B beats into hip-hop. So it's kind of hard. But this one right here was a classical beat. So I got to say bravo to this one right here. All right. Cool, cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. For me, this was what I was talking about from the last uh, track we talked about. It was polished. The, the the production on it was very well polished. Everything seemed to flow into one another. It wasn't herky jerky, and and his flow on it was really nice as well. It seemed like the producer pushed him to really give his all on this one. It was probably my second favorite um, track from this particular project, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So uh, let's jump into it with uh, the anchorman, Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on in a minute? Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I like I like the fact how he he didn't just just gave this like I guess new age or the present day uh, flow he actually rapped to the beat it's a sample that you know it, this was a sample that was widely used in the 90s so to see it kind of like to come back this day and age is kind of it's great it shows that the producers kind of looked at I guess did they homework and kind of looked at the past to see where it was at and I can appreciate that when you know you can take um you can take history even you know 20 something years ago of history and kind of bring it back to present day you always got to enjoy that yeah, definitely, Kev. I feel you on that. For me, you know, it, it's it's where we want to be at as far as this rap thing is concerned. But this is an example of where we need to go. And hopefully between uh, G Herbo and um, Polo G, you know, they will get us to where we're trying to get to. They'll bridge that gap for us. So we're going to go into our fourth track from the album that we thought was notable. And that is Riding With It. Santa County a week was in there chilling. How the fuck I ain't end up in there when we was really drilling? Can't afford to take a loss again, I know the feeling. Damn, why the fuck you always in your feelings? I've been banging with Wapskino Fest since we was cheering. They killed Tracy that same night when we was out there chilling. I started rapping, how the fuck I end up with some millions? Me and Cat was sipping drip like we ain't had no ceilings. Nigga, man. All right, and that was Ride Riding With It by G Herbo from his PTS Deluxe album. Uh, we'll let Kev take it first on this one and say uh, what your feelings are on Riding With It. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a very, you know, smooth song. And, you know, I, I, one of the things I think I, I really enjoyed about him was that it, he embraced the beats. You know what I mean? Like his flow, he, his flow, he, he tried his best to match the flow to the beat and the rhythm. So it, didn't, so it didn't sound off. And it, and it wasn't just like, you know, he didn't have all these, you know, I, I, I have sex, I get high songs. I mean, you know, it was like he had message, he had a message to his music overall. So, you know, 
I mean, outside of it being 20-something songs, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to disagree with or have bad to say. So, you know. No, I feel you on that. It was definitely, like you said, worth the effort to listen to it. You know, in today's music, you're not going to get too many of those albums, those unicorn albums where you can uh, press play and not make skips. You know, overall, like you said, this was a real solid, solid effort from uh, this particular song. He rode the beat very well. Um, I thought it was an excellent representation of trap. Um, not trap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was an excellent representation of drill and his storytelling ability, which uh, I didn't know he had until uh, this project. And it really was nice. Let's move in with uh, Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on riding with it? I enjoyed the song. This was a very laid back, chill song. You could go to one summer, summer day, just vibing. Like, you can't go wrong with the song. It was very mellow, nice beat, nice bass. Lyrical Wise was her name song. Like, I got to say bravo. He really stepped up his game with this one. I just hope the rest of his albums and career just goes to high. Yeah, definitely. I feel you on that, Terrell. So now we're going to give our overall opinion of the entire project. And I'm, we're going to do uh, one out of 10 and uh, see what everybody thinks about the overall project by G Herbo, PTSD Deluxe. And then we're going to have Malcolm come in and give his uh, two cents on um, our opinions. So let's start with Terrell. Terrell, what was your overall opinion of the G Herbo PTSD Deluxe project? I'm giving it a 9.5. All right, I feel you on that. Uh, let's move on to me, and I will say that it is definitely worth a 7.5. Solid effort. It had it had a, a, quite a few hits, so I enjoyed that part of it. And we'll go to our anchorman. Kev, Kev, what was your opinion of the G Herbo PTSD Deluxe Project? I give it an 8. Uh, solid eight. I, I don't know. Like, like I said before, maybe it was the, uh, the deluxe version I listened to, but yeah, it was eight. It just seemed very long. So yeah, that's what I gave. Yeah, I feel you on that. All right. So let's go to uh, the person who gave us the homework. So Malcolm, what were your thoughts on our opinions of G Herbo's PTSD deluxe? You all are a hard crowd to please. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I, I tried to give you this homework to try to familiarize you all with the current artists of today. And um, I mean, I appreciate you all not, not um, I appreciate you all listening to him. But at the same time, I guess you all have, will have to grow, grow, it'll have, he'll have to grow on you. You know, um, G Herbo grew on me quite quickly. Recent, um, when I was, I started listening to him through a friend suggestion. And um, ever since then, I saw it was just a different sound. And the way he told his stories, it was just, it was interesting to me. Um, not somebody I was a, a go-to artist, but, you know, it was just somebody that was a different sound and I, I liked it. So I just wanted to share that with you all. I, um, like I said, I appreciate you all listening to him and hopefully in the future, you'll find some more songs or possibly will come out with an album that you all will like a little better than the deluxe. Well, wait, 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 wait. I gave wait, it a 9.5. Hey, I understand. I understand. Wait, 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 wait. Everybody rated it a, even, uh, the lowest. 7.5 was, was the lowest. Okay. Right. So how hard how hard on it are we, though? Would you want um, everybody to say 10? No, <laughs> oh, I don't want a 10. Of course, nobody's perfect. But I'm just saying, you know, I understand that you all would not go out your way to listen to this without me. So the rating, the rating, that's probably just, correct. Yeah, we probably so without you. When we're talking about embracing the new generation and trying to see aspects of of the hip hop, the hip hop game and skills that they have that are similar to our forefathers. I mean, like that, that's all I was trying to do, you know. Yeah, um, I think he's it not was the greatest storyteller, nor is he the greatest rhyme smith. He's not the most conscious in his raps. I mean, is he talking about bees and hoes and um, shooting up people and stuff? I mean, he talks about street stuff. I mean, that's what I believe he's from Chicago. So, um, yeah. So, he I mean, was the, in, the, the majority of his stuff is not that. And if it is, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like the typical, I guess you could, the stereotypical. Uh, some of the rappers today, and I'm, and you you are right. If you didn't suggest it, I probably would not have listened to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but so much stuff that came out last year, I still got to listen. Yeah, last stuff. year was a big year. Twenty twenty yeah. was a big year for music because artists were just pushing out their their project that they had been sitting on for a while, and it was like, okay, cash flow is not the same due to the the pandemic. 
right. Let's just go right. ahead and so I understand. So, so yeah, I mean, so I mean, thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, so things did get missed, mm-hmm. which is which is understandable. But it's just I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, but like like for me, one of the reasons of this to show it, I have opened my mind up to more stuff. I'm receptive of a lot of stuff I probably wouldn't have been receptive to maybe a year or two ago. So I guess I mean I think an eight. I think anybody's album, if it's an eight, then that's great. Well, I mean, we aver- we had an average score of eight, which is no two d- points from ten. Yeah, no doubt. It was definitely, uh, I thought that we gave it some pretty fair scores and above average scores. And I'm going to say this, I've heard G Herbo in the past and I thought that this was growth for him. If I didn't mention that in my comments, I apologize. But yeah, he's he, he shown Yeah, this growth. album was the, um, yeah, this was his step up, his next step up. When you are progressing an artist, I feel like he no longer was consistent with the trap street stuff like he usually was in the past. And like you said, Kev, this album was more, a lot more people could listen to it. Not just your regular street dude or your regular, I want to listen to trap guy. You can, a lot of people, it, it could touch a lot of different uh, audiences. So I enjoyed yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that homework. And now we're going to move on to our impressions of the salt and pepper biopic from Lifetime. And we're going to play one of their cuts from the past and uh, reintroduce everybody to salt and pepper. Okay, y'all, this is it. Now bust it. The mic will sing soon as I touch it. Do this smooth and easy like. So we might get hyped to here tonight. Be nice. Relax. MCs, play the back. If you ain't with that, I'm going to have to attack you with a bad rap. That can smack the smile off your face, Jack. So don't start no crap. Giving a little bit of heart and soul as we do it to you in your ear hole, huh? All right, that was Salt and Pepper with their song, Get Up, Everybody, Get Up. So I'm going to start off with my impressions of the um, biopic from Lifetime. And I just thought that... Um, they got a lot of input from Salt and Pepper, which they needed to do, have done because I, through some of my reading, believe that they did not always get the most information from the characters and their cohorts in some of these biopics that they've done in the past. And I thought that this was really, really a good effort on that, that uh, they, I even think they even were able to speak to Martin Lawrence and get a little bit of his input on what his thoughts were about that time period when they were coming up in the industry. And great representation. You know, a lot of people had, were up in arms about the choices of the actors to do to do the parts for um, Salt and Peppa. But I thought they were fine, as well as Herbie. I, you know, I, I know Her, Herbie Azor has always been a thin, skinny dude, and they, uh, they picked a quite handsome, buff guy to play him. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, the kid and play nods were, I think, reasonable. And, um, you know, Martin... <laughs> if I was him, you know, I know he don't care, but I would have been like, yo, you can't find nobody else. But anyway, still um, good representation in the actors. They all did a fairly solid job. The story was well, and they had to really jam it all together, you know, so they couldn't really go off and tell. And I thought they did a nice job of telling Herbie's side as well, even though it wasn't all Herbie's side, you know, and um you know, the intricate details of there being multiple Spinderellas, that also was really good. So for me, I just thought it was um, what hip hop needs, you know, for the young generation to be able to see where we came from and how we get into where we going. And uh, this was a part of that. So I hope that um, the listeners will get a chance to be able to to uh, take a look at that biopic. It's on Lifetime. It's the Salt and Pepper movie. All right, let's move on to the next old head on the panel and let's see what uh, Kev, Kev, what were your thoughts on the uh, Salt and Pepper biopic from Lifetime? I thought it was uh, very well done. I, I wish it was longer. The casting was great. I did. I, I love the casting. Um, I love the story. I, I wish we could have got more spin, Spinderella, but I mean, I understand it wasn't her story. It was the Salt and Pepper story. I mean, overall, it was just it was just great. I mean, the filming, the production, the storytelling that they told, everything was phenomenal. You know, I'm just I, I guess I enjoyed it so much. I wish we could have got a little bit more. I would enjoy the part two if necessary, but I hope that we can see that Herbie was this great producer. But you know, they kind of you know, I, I guess you could look at it either way as like uh, he was a shifty businessman, or he helped these he helped all these people get to success 
So it's, you know, it could be however you want to look at it. But I enjoyed it. I, like I said, I, I was from that era. And it was just phenomenal to actually see it on screen. Definitely. I feel you on that. It definitely could have been a um, kind of like they did New Edition. It could have been a three or four part story where they were able to include some of the uh, story from Spin, from Herb, from even from um, uh, Kid and Play, because they also played a very pivotal role once they got on the uh, on the road and were and were. Um, were performing, you know, Kid and Play was a big part of their show and, and really uh, took them to another level as far as their show was concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, they toured together. I mean, you know, they all worked in that um, that call center together. So, you know, if it had told us just a little bit about their relationships early before the success, I would have liked to seen that because it, just, it seems like they, they still all get along, like even, you know, today's time, you know, um, I did see an interview with Kid and he was just saying like he was sitting there so emotional he said he was sitting there with his wife and they were watching a movie and he got choked up he was crying and she was like what's wrong with you and she was like this is my life on screen you know what no i mean doubt. no doubt so you know all right all right we appreciate that <laughs> let's move on to um, terrell Terrell. with your thoughts on the lifetime biopic salt and pepper i can say this well brought out played out documentary i love it from the beginning to the end like i said I was surprised also about there was two Spinarella. I did not know that, which was kind of crazy to me. Um, Story-wise, I loved it. It's like he was there when everything happened. And like I said, love you, Hubbo. Bravo for what you did. Everything. Like, you are a real pioneer. Gotta give that respect to him. And just, like I said, this was a very long-time overdue documentary of Salt and Pepper. Everybody else was getting them, getting theirs before them. They should have been the first one to get theirs. And I'm happy how it played out. I like Kev said. I wish there was a part two to it, like how to get the new edition. Maybe I hope I hope our listeners here will be saying it and they could give their feedbacks on it and see it go to the right people and boom, get another a part two. So you know we have our, our words of our power. So this was a very good. Yeah, yeah, definitely appreciate that, Terrell. Let's finish this off with uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on the Lifetime biopic, Salt and Pepper? I really enjoyed um, the Lifetime. What was the biopic? I enjoyed it. Um, Starting off with the uh, casting. Let's talk about the casting. I mean, the Salt and Pepper, they were cool. I enjoyed their characters. Herbie, he was... I just felt like they could have put anyone in his role, like, cause it, all you had to do was just play that act, whatever that role was. So, I mean, he was a, he was a replaceable character, but other definitely than that, not. I definitely not. You don't uh, think so? No, it, oh. it, 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 there would be no, uh, you're talking about the no actor gray. that played. Oh, you, uh, the, I'm I talking know, about him but, specifically. But I'm saying, I thought you were talking about the character, the character. No, no, everything. no, okay. what? Okay. no, I under, Herbie Lovebug. Was I've I've done I you, I've had to do my research and the I've had to do my research but no I was just talking about the specific actor I felt like they could have casted a few other people but he was a good guy no, I they role. couldn't no they couldn't no? I'm, I'm no. gonna tell you right now that guy looked oh, like her that oh, guy looked okay. just like her that's how okay. Herbie looked he looked like a buff Herbie Herbie wish he, he had been. just that I, I tell you no lie. I had to research it because when I'm sitting there watching the movie, I'm like, is this Herbie or is this his son? That's yeah. how much the guy looked like him. Yeah, facial okay. features wise, definitely. But I, I met Herbie way back in the day. He's a teeny dude. He's real thin. I mean, um, he's like Michael Blackston small. He's just he's skinny. He's skinny dudes. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, like I'm um, moving on to the Spinderella thing. I, I I had no idea the initial Spinderella was due to uh I mean, they made it seem like it was kind of a, a little uh, side piece thing where, yeah, she's on the team, but she didn't really have the skills, so she was going to work on it. Um, and, and, it and Herbie was just going to put her in the role as a DJ. I mean, it was cool. And then they moved on to the the, the next Spinderella. I didn't know that that was just a, a name that they had used for the DJ of the um, of the group. So um, once they settled down and everything, I um I noticed how they had to make their own money because during the whole majority of the show, I mean majority of the um the biopic, 
where was the money going? Like I was only seeing they were continually coming out with singles and hit. And yeah, you would see them changing clothes and maybe in nice cars and stuff like that. But I saw they had to start doing the little dollar parties or the, the they had to start doing parties at their house, saw and pepper. So just to make money on the side and stuff like that. So until they finally would get new management, but I, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, Martin, I wish, I wish they would have did a better job. He was, he was so bad. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I don't know why they is, is okay. I mean, I guess it wasn't about him, but for him to be so influential, like the role he was in, in their, like in their lives, I feel like they should have put somebody a little more similar to Martin, but the kid in play, um, had no idea they worked at, they all worked at the same, um, same teller, telecasting. Yeah. I had no idea. So what a coincidence, but, um, that was all welcome. And it was very nice to see that, um, really a big proponent, big fans of kid in play. Um, especially for their films, you know. So I really enjoyed the biopic, and I, I, there needs to be more. I feel like when we talk about um, just establishing recognition of these of our our hip hop legends, male or female, you know, I feel like there needs to be more funding behind it, just to do more, just to, to give back and show show our younger generations, give them more knowledge on on the history, you know, because this is important. Like like I said, um, I enjoy this film. I want to. Maybe we should think about who 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 would be next on the uh, biopic list. Maybe that would be a discussion. Yeah, 50? Well, I can tell you. Has there been fifty? There's already been a fifty. We should do heavy D. Richard dying, trying. No, so right now, what's on the that's being slated is Queen Latifah and the Juice Crew. I don't okay. know who's picking them up, but right now, those are the two that are probably the closest to making it onto the uh, screens. Is is those? They're they're would, two stories. I would like to see Heavy D and the boys because I want to know about all what happened with the T Triple T Roy. What's the name? Triple T Roy. Yeah. I don't understand that whole situation because how did they make it? We're not even going to go down that, that conversation, but I would love to see a, a biopic on that. But um, yeah, once again, I enjoyed the uh, enjoy the biopic. No, what's the question? Uh, me more. What's the oh, question? I was just saying like for some reason, I didn't understand why the song, the 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 song dedicated to him and his death, his passing, wasn't from Heavy and them. So why did they? Why was it too? I get. I'm, I didn't understand the association because I would have thought that they. He, he's related oh, to Pete Rock. That's that's yeah. Okay. He's that's Pete Rock's cousin. Was, yeah, I was just trying to connect. I heard the whole story. It's a lovely, beautiful story that he he breaks it down. And I just was trying to figure out. Um. Yeah. So that's. I would love to see um the Heavy D, and the Boys biopic, not just Heavy. So, um, yeah, that would be nice. Maybe you all can share maybe on a later date <laughs> on uh, what you all would like to see. I don't yeah. know why it has to be by lifetime, though. No, no, no. Um, They're not going to be by lifetime. No, you know. Um, it's just TV lifetime one, just doesn't uh, give you the quality. You're going to you expect you expect what you saw from Saw and Pepper from Lifetime. Like I knew I, I just hey, it was funny. It was a funny thing. It was it was a very. It, I had a lot of laughs when I when I watched it. So, yeah, but you got to remember that to see black faces on, uh, you know, cable TV is hard to find unless it's in a dumbass reality show. So I commend Lifetime and that's why I keep mentioning them as I uh, talk about the name of the movie is because they took a chance. They didn't have to do this. They how did they know people were going to tune in at Lifetime? Like dudes like us tuned in the lifetime because we were interested in salt and pepper. They couldn't, they can't, you know, they can guesstimate that that's going to happen, but they can't just off the brick say that that's going to happen. So they really went out on the limb, spent the money, paid salt and pepper to do this, you know, for the rights for this movie. And they put on the best thing that they could being a predominantly white station. They put on the best product that they could put on, if you ask me. Uh, but, you know, VH1, BT, um, Radio, um, TV1, they're all in the running for these up and coming, these, these scripts. There are scripts that are out there. It's up to them if they're going to take them on and take the chance. You know, I think the popularity of Queen will probably get her the next one. But uh, the folklore behind the Juice Crew is definitely there. I don't know about the KRS-One. And I don't know about the LL because I don't know if LL is 
he wants to be heavy into that project. And I don't know if he's ready for that yet, because I don't think he really feels as though his story's over, you know? So those would be the four I would tell you that would probably be, be slated very quickly over the next probably two I mean, years. But I mean, that's just like the uh, the Roxanne Shantae one. I think I was on Netflix, right? Yes. But it, Netflix it, has had a has had a history of taking chances. They are they were up and comers. They were they're 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 like the lone gunslinger. They're willing to take their shot. And that's what they did with uh, Roxanne and it paid paid off for them. Yeah, but but I, I understand what he's saying about the Lifetime one, but at the same time, I'm going to disagree a little bit. And I'm going to say this. Some scenes could have probably looked better with another network. But overall, it was one of the best things Lifetime has done. You know what I mean? It was better than the Michelle A one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, But no, I totally understand what he's saying. Because like, I think the Roxanne one is way... is is. It, it it looked better than the Salt and Pepper one, no doubt. But again, you're talking about uh, uh, Netflix, who probably let you know. From my understanding, there were black producers as well as uh, you know a lot of black people on the set uh, as grips, as as can- uh, cinematographers, and so forth. So they had a diverse crew. Well, I mean, well, well I, I don't know because like with the with the Roxanne one, a lot of stuff was shot outside, and it, it didn't look like a studio. The Salt Pepper one looked like studio. Yes, because you as opposed to Roxanne one, it, it looked like of a studio uh, production than doing the production. That, again, that's what I'm saying. Pulling the trigger, spending that type of money. Uh, you know, Netflix was willing to do that. I mean, they did that with uh, um, the Get Down. So you see, what I'm saying Netflix had a history of willing to pull the trigger for uh, a black production, whereas. Um, lifetime, you get what one a year, maybe they don't want to spend. They have a certain amount in their budget for diversity, and they kept to their budget. You know, whereas Netflix was like, no, we're 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 not gonna we're not gonna do that. We're gonna make the best product possible because we're trying to get eyes on our platform. You see what I'm saying? Right. You know, and but the, you know the people that should be doing these things aren't doing them. You know. Uh, radio one um, tips are t- I keep saying radio one TV one and BT and Aspire and Clio they should be doing these projects you know Clio should be doing all the females they should be doing L- uh, um, MC Light they should be doing Queen they should be doing Moni Love Moni Love story is absolutely crazy Clio's a woman or BT her those should be Viacom has way more money than Lifetime so those those uh project should be being done, but they're not because they don't want to pull the trigger and give people that type of money. You know, Roxanne made a nice little chunk of change for the rights to her story, you know, and was very heavy on the input of how the story was played out. And uh, that's important. And and again, I know that um, Queen and I'm sorry, that Salt and them made money, but I don't think they made a grip, you know? Right, right. Whereas when Queen gets her project done, trust me, somebody's going to spend the grip. They not, she's not finna put out a project without them putting some money in her pocket too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said that, you know, it's another day of time we can kind of really, you know, sit down and really talk about, you know, who we like to see or whose story, who has an interesting backstory enough to make a movie about. Definitely. Definitely. So we will move on to our last part of the show. And that's going to be our artist spotlight of Bun B. And Ellie Money EP Distant. Yeah. Check. Shine, you look too hard, you go blind. I'm like the rhyming of this rapping, break the rules, pay the fine. Treat this shit just like I'm trapping, never offer my grind. Speak it at your own risk, don't get slapped, cause you're mine. Uh, the devil's in the details, always got it for retail. Fucking on your wifey, I raise the value for resale. Call up on my All right, that was Wolf Spider off the project Distant by Bun B and Ellie Money. So let's jump into it. Terrell, what were your thoughts on Wolf Spider by Bun B and Ellie Money? To be honest, I did not like this song. It's a hit and miss for me. Tried to listen to the song a couple of times, tried to get into it, tried to, but I didn't really get into the song. It's a hard pass for me. Yeah, it's a hard pass for me. All right, I feel you on that, Terrell. It is what it is, you know. That's why we have these conversations. For me, Wolf Spider was it was a very nice interpretation of what Southern rap is moving in the direction of. And I thought that it was pretty entertaining. Uh, it wasn't my favorite 
track off the project, but definitely I enjoyed it. And um, Bun B is just, you know, his game is at the next level, you know, and I really appreciate him putting on younger artists and getting them into that established footprint that he has already laid. So, you know, for me, Wolf Spider was definitely a pretty decent cut. All right. So, uh, Malcolm, what were your thoughts on Wolf Spider by Bun B and Ellie Money? This was not my number one. Um, this is my number two out of my favorite songs, top three songs. I like maintain a little better, but they both gave me similar, um, similar vibes. I enjoyed the, is it Ellie Money? That's how you say it, Ellie Money? It's not left, Ellie Money. I enjoyed that, um, his feature on there. I feel like he, I don't know where he's from, but I really, um, I, I, I got to do some due diligence because uh, I mean, he may be a, a artist I need to do, uh, need to do a spotlight on or try to do some up and coming. I don't know. Cause I, I like the, I like his flow. I enjoy what he was, um, what he was rapping about. So like uh, Bun B chose, chose the proper feature on this EP. I mean, you know, what you're, you're going to expect when he gets on the track, this was a laid back track. Um, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed the, like you said, it's, it, I don't know if it's at where Southern, the Southern, uh, music is going. It sounded like where it sounded like some. It took me back, actually. It sounded like it took me back in the day to where Southern, the old, not old Southern music, but. 90s Southern uh, music. Yeah, yeah, 90s Southern music. I'm going to even push it to early 2000s until they got the crazy, crazy 808s in the background and stuff, you know. So, but um, once again, I enjoyed this Wolf Spider. We'll have to, I'm trying to figure out where the name came from. Um, where did that come from? So Ellie Money or Less, however you want to pronounce it. Do you it, think it's less? I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have to maybe check out some interviews and see what mm-hmm. what what he what he's how he pronounces his name. Mm-hmm. But um, he's from Dallas, and you know, Bun B is from Port Arthur, Texas. They're pretty close to one another, about a, about a, a little, little under an hour drive. And uh, wolf spiders are actually. <laughs> a real thing and they are in the south uh mostly you're going to see them in the louisiana western louisiana texas area area and you probably find them in arizona as well probably new mexico but they're a desert spider and they are such thing they're pretty dangerous um they're not as dangerous as some others but they they can cause uh, quite a bit of harm and um As far as you guys saying 90s, I thought that the production on this was very, very trappish. I thought this was the current trap style music that maybe they added some 808s to it. But in general, I, I didn't feel it was a boom bap. You know, Bun B and Pimp C, UGK, that's the boom bap era. And there's the, none of these tracks to me, that was just, again, this is just my opinion, felt boom bapish. They found they felt more like a trap beat to me. That was just. That's, uh, but you're talking about early trap, though. Early trap and this newer trap is two different sounds. Totally different. Totally. That's just that's just like the, this is like uh, drill music. Like drill music when uh, Chief Keep was doing it, and now two Thank totally you. different Thank sounds. You. Two different but, drills because and it's in the it's less than ten years apart. You have to understand because yeah. they it, I mean so we can talk about the changes and because when Ti I remember when Ti was running the South. It was a slow trap, like a slow with a heavy beat, heavy bass. I, I, I mean, still I, say it was boom bap. Ti's first okay. three or four albums were still boom bap, not really trap. Trap was more uh, once um, Gucci Mane came onto the scene. That was more trap what he was doing, and then Ti. Oh, see, you gonna make me talk it. about who started <laughs> trap? I'm not saying who started. Oh, I'm not saying who started. I'm saying definitely as far if as trap, rap this. was concerned, Ti started trap rap. But as far as trap production, you heard more of what you guys are talking about, that early 2000s trap style music, more from the production that uh, Gucci Mane was getting than what T.I. started off with. You guys got to go back no, and listen to T.I.'s first few projects, not King of the South. King of the South is when there, he moved into the the real trap music before King of the when South. When was Swisher House? Swisher House. Yeah, Switch House wasn't trap. Switch House was nineties. Switch House was. Oh, that was nineties. It was. It was. Well, the southern, southern bass heavy or southern like Mike stuff that, Jones. Like oh, it wasn't. They they yeah, didn't call it boom bap. They didn't call it boom bap in south. Uh-huh. They, didn't it in south. Uh-huh. they didn't call it boom bap in the south. It was. It was. Gosh, I can't think of it now. It had a boom bap feel. Yeah. 
A yep. lot of that Southern stuff had a boom bap feel, but it was a difference. The the the, the New York boom bap was it was it was well. Let me say this: the Southern when Southern took those boom bap type beats, they slowed them down a little. It was um it was kind of in that late nineties era where you kind of see when Southern rappers weren't doing sixteen bars; they were doing eight to ten bars. You didn't really notice it because it was a, because they would rap a little slower. So when you hear like stuff like Slab or Chopped and Screwed, it was kind of a mix of both of those. You know, DJ Screw, he would he would make it, he would take a beat and he would just bass it out. You know what I mean? But he would slow it down. He would slow it down, but he would turn the bass up. And a lot of those guys were, you know, it was it was all about if Chopped and Screwed was it, I got to get on a Chopped and Screwed song so people could know me and listen to my other stuff. But like with this song, this song was very, it was one of those, it was one of those songs where those guys in Texas would ride around with their windows down, their trunks up because they put the speakers in the trunk. Y'all don't know about that. Yep, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I get- when, when, you know, people, you know, you will buy a car, like, you know, this was cross country, cross the country, East Coast, the West Coast, North, South, you know, you will buy a car and you'll spend a couple hundred dollars on it. But you knew you had a guy, you had people in your neighborhood that could, that one person knew how to, to fix cars up and another person knew how to put a system in your car. So you would you, you wouldn't spend a lot of money on your car, but you would spend a lot of money on it getting fixed up and getting money in your system. And summertimes or, you know, the weather's nice. It's like, just like how Fresh Prince said, you get your short set, you know, you ride down the street banging this music. So in the South, that's what it is. Like like a slab or a chopping screw, you know, you 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 get some um oh god, what is those things on the on the rams? The spokes on the rams. Yeah, true. Exactly what you're talking about. The, so uh, that reminds me of the Slim Thug video. Yes. So had this them things poking out. Yeah. So this beat is very it's, it's from that, it's, it's, it's very reminiscent of that era where, like I said, you ride around with your windows down, you ride, you drive it slow, you know what I'm saying? You get up, pull up to a basketball court, pull up to the park, you, you slow down so everybody can see you and hear you. And that's what this, that, this is one of those type beats where it's kind of like, I'm going, I'm, I'm showing off. So it's very bass heavy and it was, that's how it was. It, it sounded just like that right there. Yeah, I definitely think it was a nod to Pimp C and the old UGK era. But um, yeah, yeah. So uh, now we're going to. I was going to ask, hold on, before we move on. So Paul Wall, Slim Thug, uh, Mike Jones, uh, Lil Kiki, all them. Yeah, all them. That wasn't. That's not trap. No, MJ was definitely boom bap. That that's my era. Those are uh, artists that I came up with, and uh, their production were all boom bap. You know production, but they were just in the south. Literally, well, Pimp C and like like but, that. But, but, but the further was, you got away from New York, the less of the boom bap you got. You got closer to eight oh eight. But it's not different. But I'm just no. saying, in general, it was still eight oh eight heavy. Trap is yes. more, trap. Trap is two thousands. Trap music is two thousand. Yes, that was probably like but I said. It was it was Ti's third album. His third album is when I remember him starting to have that trap sound. But y'all forget the early two thousands was still that slow boom bat sound. That tr- the slow yeah, south DJ sound. Screw was still around. Pimp exactly. C was still around. So yes, it didn't change change until I mean until Lil Wayne took over over. It didn't like turn. You didn't st- start hearing more artists. I feel like you didn't start hearing more artists talk of the drug. The well, I don't know. I just feel like the once Lil Wayne we, we became drug he, users, yes, not sellers. More artists when, when up like Lil him. Wayne came into the game, definitely. But there was a period where everybody was similar to the the. It was Mike Jones was running stuff. Y'all forget. I mean, y'all don't forget, but y'all y'all witnessed it. I'm just well, saying. Mike Jones, that's like, Mike, Mike Jones had a modified. Chopped and screwed style because that's still chopped and screwed. You think that's because it's still slow. It was still slow. It was slow. It wasn't heavy. Yeah, but he wasn't with he wasn't with uh, DJ Screw's crew. No, no, he was not the same. His his production people were influenced by DJ Screw, but they weren't. There wasn't DJ Screw. Screw is gonna be Paul Wall. It's gonna be um, Young. What is it? Thug. Slim Thug. Slim Thug. All those guys. But the sound was it. it, Yes, slip like. DJ Screw had his crew, and like uh, it was a guy, Little Hawk, 
Uh, I mean, Big Hawk. I mean, it's a whole bunch of people from their era who was either in their crew or not. But they said uh, Mike Jones was Swish House. Mike I'm Jones, at it. Swish House. Yeah, yeah that's one of the yeah. labels. But Ice those guys, but those guys embraced it. Like everybody from the South, like um, um, like uh, Ball and G, they had some chop the screw stuff. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. was in, what, Tennessee. So, like, Tennessee yeah, everybody and was Texas out with their and Louisiana, thing. they embraced the chop the screw sound. And because the chop the screw sound wasn't effective everywhere, in order for those Southern guys to to keep their roots, they had mm-hmm. to find a way to to change their styles up a little bit. Okay. They didn't, not, not to sound like New York rappers, because... Um, to get on the radio, you're saying. Yeah, because, I mean... You know, like in that mid nineties where you had you had you had no limit, you had Master P, you know, he went from Louisiana and then he went to California. When he went to California, he took a little bit of that Louisiana sound, but he mixed it with that California sound. And a lot of people don't give him credit for that. It was it's a it was a hard thing to do. He took two distinctive sounds and kind of gelled them together. And then so Manny Fresh with uh Cash Money. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even, I mean, even, like, early Cash Money, when you listen to a group like UNLV and how they, like, UNLV should have been the best group to come out of, come out of Louisiana in the 90s, but they weren't. They was, like, they was real street guys, though. Like, you know, people got murdered, people got locked up. Yeah, UNLV had this sound that was just great, but, you know, you had BG. BG was I mean, I don't even care what nobody say. BG is better than Lil Wayne. Was always better than Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is never going to be better than BG. I don't care how big he's got. Never, ever, 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 ever. But it, it, it was different. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a totally different thing. But yes, that bass was heavy. And that's the South, though. The South is that bass. Yeah, it just got uh, it, it, the... Heavy, heavy 808 is Miami Central, actually. That's who really introduced the heavy 808. I'm talking about that 808 that really was, um, that hung on, you know. Well, I mean, but, but, I mean, that, that's true, but at the same time, but you, but you know, the Miami sound was based from house and everybody, I mean, you know, house people, they debating that all up and down whose house is the best house. Yes. But house house eight oh eight was like uh like hitting it with you know like a normal bass you just hit it and it makes one sound when the eight oh eight was being introduced you could hit it and it wouldn't last long what Miami did those producers down there is they hung on to it so it went instead of going boom it went boom they stretched it out they yeah. stretched it out. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. That sound that you guys are talking about that the rest of the South took and ran with and and added it into the boom bap was originally stretched by the Miami DJs and producers. Because even when Luke came out, his bass was more of a normal just hit boom, 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 boom. And then... um. Well, no, DJ, but, DJ but no, Mike well. came out with the the album 808s and bass and it that's what took it his first i mean the first note on his album was the stretched out bass his first song it went boom and you guys are welcome to do the research on that but dj mike is really i would tell you the first one who really stretched that 808 out and then it caught on down the road but you know, definitely go look at that. Jam Pony was another DJ out of uh, Miami area, and he used to hold on to the bass as well. I was at several of his um, beach parties where he was one of the first people. He was like, because I mean, it was outdoors, so if you didn't hang on to the bass, it would just disappear because it's not, you know, it's in, it, you know, it, vibrations go up in the air, so we wouldn't hear it on the sand and at the beach. So they learned how to hang on to that 808 and drag and, and stretch it out. And that's when uh, it became popularized. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing of everybody wants to dance, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Even, even the men, you know, if the women dancing, then the men going to get into it. And it is something different about that beat. It's something different about that heavy bass that kind of get the women going. It's like when they say music talks to you. Yeah. So that, that, that beat talks to them. So, you know, we, we look at women, we get excited, so <laughs> we want to join it too. But yeah, I mean, this is, um, I didn't think we was going to go down this hole, but I'm glad we did. Yeah, and it happens. So we're going to move on to our uh, next uh, song from the 
uh, EP Distance by Bun B and Ellie Money, and that's going to be maintained. I really need is a place I can kick my feet up. Sit back and relax and fire a swish of sweet up. Under pecan trees, I can feel a wind blow. A summer breeze that smell like blue bonnets and endo. And I just need a little time to be left alone. Give me a quiet place under the sun just to roam. The vibe is right and the moment is perfecto for me to catch a vibe and ride it. All right, that was Bun B and Ellie Money with Maintain. And I'm going to jump in and do this one myself, man. I'm telling you, this joint here, this gave me a summertime feel. It was just a trill letter to the hood. And it, it reminded me of um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's cut, Summertime. It's just something that, like uh, Kev was just saying, you put in the car and you just open all the windows and the sunroof or let back your, you know, uh, uh, let your roof down and and just bump this song chill to it uh i truly truly enjoyed it uh, this project again is just uh, an excellent effort in showing growth and in in pushing hip-hop to the next level so i really really appreciate this so um terrell what were your thoughts on the uh track maintain off of the ep distant yeah see i gotta do everything right there it was like a a chill back song, classical, classical, classical song. I love this song. I bump this song every day. Can't get enough of this song. Just real chill vibe, and we don't even get that that, that much anymore. We don't get that chill vibe song anymore. So I'm glad that this song. And I can't. I don't know what else to say. I could just say like kudos to you and your song. All right, I feel you on that, Terrell. So let's move on to uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on the track Maintain off of the Distance EP? Favorite song on the EP. This is just a great, I, I just love it. It was um like, it just put me in a trance almost. Uh, like you said, you could just open your windows, sunny day, evening, sunny, sunny afternoon, driving. You know, just a song you want to listen to and turn on. Definitely will be adding this to one of my playlists. Not sure which one yet, but um, I mean, I I gotta listen to more Bun B. Gotta go back and do my deep dive of the UGK history because um, really like listening to the listening to them and listening to uh, just just him just flow on on top of on top of that type of that type of production, you know. So really enjoyed this song. It was a it was a tie between the little uh, what's it called um, Wolf Spider. Yeah, definitely. Wolf Spider. Yeah, it was between that and uh, and this song. So once again, I really enjoyed this song. This EP was stellar. Um, nice little, nice little gym that he released. So uh, this was a special one. Nice time to put this out. So I'm looking forward to his, um, not, I don't want another EP. I want another, uh, I want an album with some features on there, some old head features. You're asking for a lot. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see because they talk so much, y'all. Y'all talk so much about no, how, no, 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 no. Okay, I the mean, beats are good. Beats are great for us right now. It's just we are not laying quality rhymes on on our beats. So I would love to have some some old heads get on collab with Bumby, and um for another prop for his project and here's some get some new new producers in the in the in the in the booth, new producers in the in the studios to help I mean, them out. I mean, I'm not. I might. It, I, I didn't look at the to see who produced a lot of the songs on this album, but I'm assuming it was L.E.S. Because um, it sounded like stuff that he has. It sounded like his sound. But overall, I think it was excellent, like everyone is saying. If I, if I had one thing to say, it needed a currency feature somewhere on here, that's like the only mistake I could probably see. But overall, it was excellent. It was solid. Like every song, nothing felt rushed and nothing felt overdone. Yeah, definitely feel you on that one. And uh, now we're going to finish it off with the last track that we thought was notable on the Bun B and LES, um, I'm sorry, Project Distant. And that is going to be the title track, and that's the song Distant. Yeah. Yeah. Check. Look. 
New thing with the temp tags. We buy and you rent that. Picture this like Scarface, but it won't end bad. Young red nigga sin bad. Know she waste your life looking for what you been had. Get bread, make an impact. He could go back quick, better say when you spend that. Cool off with your temp at. I've been going a minute. Honest don't know how I did it. I'm guessing that I'm just committed. Got me a plan and I ain't about to switch it. My car full of partners, I ain't about to ditch it. Came out of shit that you wouldn't believe. But from the jump, feel like shit I could see. Can't really tell me what I couldn't be. Where I'm gonna end up is all up to me. Socially distant, I've been at a minute. Come from a talk of a smaller percentage. Only myself, I ain't got me an image. It's all about really how you present it. Ain't with the all right, that was Distant from the Bun B and L.E.S. EP, Distant. I'm going to start this one off again and say that uh, I thought that L.E.S. or Less or L.E. Money, which we're going to find out the answer to soon, is lyrically pushed this to a, a, a flow that was just beautiful. I mean, he rode the beat so well. And um, again, I thought this was one of the best produced tracks on the album and actually just excellent. Excellent. For him to be a young artist, I thought this was an excellent effort. His flow was was extraordinary. And um, that's my two cents. Let's move on to Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on the title track, Distant, by Bun B and L.E.S.? Really liked how um, L.E. Money or L.E.S. started off the song, um, showed his skills. He seemed like the seemed like the new, the new, he's, he, is he, is he coming on with the, is he bringing back the, the Texas sound? Is he taking it back to, to the, the, the UGK days? Is he, is that what he's doing? Cause he sounds, sounds great on the track. I mean, I like this one as well. I don't know how, if, yeah, this is my top, this is top three for me. Not sure if it's going to get placed on one of my playlists, but this is paired with the, the other two that we spoke about another, another strong song. Like we talked about, this whole EP seems like it's a, a dedication to like um a, a dedication to UGK and just uh just taking it back, you know, wanting to wanting to really put emphasis on, you know, taking it back to um really the roots of Port Arthur, you know. I I, I can hear the sound and it's 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 giving me the I have to do my like I said, I've had to do my due I have to do my due due diligence on UGK, but it sounded, it gives me Switcher House, um, Slim Thug vibes, you know. So I um, I enjoyed this song to end it off um, for this discussion. Yeah, definitely. This track um, and his flow is just, I mean, he, he's just pushing it to the next level. It was, and it was definitely a nod, if not towards UGK, it was a nod towards Pimp C. So either or, I think, is a worthwhile statement. Uh, Terrell, what were your thoughts on the um, title track of the EP, Distant? I love this song. And like you said, we need more artists like him to come out, to collab with the old heads and stuff. And I'm glad that this song was the title name of the album. And it was a very classical, tight bass song. And I can't get enough of it. I wish there was more. I think somebody said I wish there was more, a little more features of old heads on here. I think that was definitely feel you on that terrell we're gonna end this off with our anchor man and uh kev what was your thoughts on the bun b les ep distant track it was the perfect way to end this project it was a very very houston or i guess a texas sounding song and and i appreciate that it was it was just it was great you know I kind of wish it came out later in the year because I feel like we might overlook this at the end of the year, like any album of the year list or anything. But it's still strong. I enjoyed it. I still listen to it a couple months in. And I think it was a very, very solid project. Yeah, definitely feel you on that, Kev. Again, this um, we're going to go around the table again one time and, and give a, a um, give our ratings of this particular project. And I'm going to start off with, i I'm, I'm got to give this one a nine. This was just an excellent piece of uh, work. Uh, it, it, it pushed the culture forward, and it, it was definitely everything for me. So, Terrell, what were your thoughts on the EP Distant? I'll give my rating out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'm sorry, the reason why I'm going to put it is a wolf spider. Wolf spider got me a little, like I said, I was on and off about it. And after we just talked about what is a wolf spider, it really got me off. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah I'm scared. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it, like I said, an 8.5. 
All right, appreciate that, Terrell. And we're going to finish this off with the anchor man. Kev, what was your grading for the EP by Bun B and LES Distant? I'm, I'm a little torn. I want to say I want to say 10, but I'm going to say 9.5. And, and the only reason I won't give it a 10 is because I feel like it needed a, a, a currency feature. It was a couple of songs ahead that, that currency would have been a great addition to. So with that, I have to say 9.5. All right. I really appreciate that. And we also like to say we really appreciate our listeners and thank you. You can contact us with questions and comments on our email at under a groove network at gmail.com. Again, that's under a groove network at gmail.com. That's our production company. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at mix era rap pod. That's Mix Era Rap P-O-D. And you can follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. And we like to say we really appreciate you again for listening. Thank you so much. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>